0: If Byron Young gets drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he could become Todd Bowles' latest diamond in the rough. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks.
1: You are Locked on Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team
0: every day. What's up, Bucks Nation? Welcome to today's episode of Locked on Bucks, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So be sure to subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. So you always get the latest episodes when they drop. I am David Harrison, staff writer for BucksGameday.com, part of Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Going solo on this episode, my partner, co-host James Yarko, deputy editor of BucksNation.com, part of SB Nation, is sick. So make sure you all wish him uh well and healthier days ahead, especially as the NFL draft gets started on Thursday night when we're not here or there at our respective sites. You can find us on Twitter, James is at jr underscore Bucks. I'm at D Harrison82, and the show is at Locked On Bucks. Thank you for making Locked On Bucks first listener, first view every single day, every day's. We have made it to the finish line. This is the final episode before the NFL Draft is here. And today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamt of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is for you to download. Just go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code LOCKED ON in all caps, inside the game store. We asked you for creative mock drafts. And we got them. We're going to get to those. But before we do, we've got to clear out our inbox with one last NFL draft mailbag episode of Lockdown Bucks right before we get to the real thing. And we started the question about edge prospect Byron Young. This question coming to us from Drew, who asked for our thoughts on Byron Young and his possible fit in the Todd Bowles or in Todd Bowles' defense. So first and foremost, Drew is asking about Tennessee edge rusher byron young not alabama defensive lineman byron young that is an important t- distinction that we need to make right off the bat so we're talking tennessee byron young not alabama byron young although uh, i spent some time with byron young the alabama version at uh the scouting combine in indianapolis stand-up dude uh, really good dude but we're talking about byron young from tennessee and the most interesting thing about this byron young at least to me is honestly where he comes from and first and foremost He was an assistant manager at a Dollar General straight out of high school, didn't even start playing college football until about 18 months after he had graduated high school. When he did, it wasn't for the SEC, it wasn't for some big-time program, it was for the Georgia Military College, where he eventually became the number one week-side defense event and number 11 overall junior college player in the country, according to scouting services. He was also on the ESPN JUCO Top 50 after just one season. That came in 2019. Then came 2020, and the COVID-19 pandemic did not get to play because of that, and because of it, didn't get any real offers until late fall of 2020 and wasn't able to enroll in Tennessee until January of 2020-21. In his first season, the 2021 season with the Tennessee Volunteers, started eight games and led the team in sacks with five and a half of those. 2022, he started all 13 games as the team's Leo, and again, led the team in sacks. This time, it was with seven. Now, that's kind of his bio, right? So you love where he came from, working all the way up the charts, climbing the ladder all the way to the SEC and leading an SEC defense in sacks two years running. Now, as far as his fit with Todd Bowles and the Buccaneers defense, the Leo position typically stands up in an odd front. So one down lineman, three down lineman, five down lineman. If you have a Leo on the field, he's typically standing up. In an even front, he's playing the wide nine, hand in the dirt position, defensive end type of style uh, and is typically found on the weak side of the offensive formation, regardless of uh, whether or not he's standing or in the dirt. Now for the Buccaneers, this guy is basically Shaquille Barrett. He's basically Shaquille is basically since going back to his time in Denver, to be honest with you, the prototypical Leo linebacker, and he does his best work on the weak side of the formation. Although the, the Todd Bowles' defense, and the Buccaneers defense doesn't really always, or I want to say doesn't really, but they don't always shift their linebackers and flip them. You're the weak side guy. You're the strong side guy. A lot of times they just kind of stay at home, especially when JPP uh, was still with the team. So the linebackers for the Buccaneers don't always shift. So every once in a while you might see Barrett uh, lined up on the offensive strong side. But the bottom line is Barrett possesses the main traits and characteristics of a prototypical Leo linebacker, uh, which is why he's best when he's rushing the passer, and he's best when he's using his speed to do it, which is why you want him going up against an offensive tackle versus a blocking tight end because blocking tight ends just tend to be, more athletic right so if you can make that happen that's what you want to make happen and for byron young that's what you're going to want if you are the tampa bay buccaneers you're talking about bringing him in from a traits point of view you want to get him on the weak side of the formation you want to get him on an offense tackle where he doesn't have a lot of help and you want to allow him to use his speed uh, in order to uh to take advantage of that athletic difference and what's more interesting is that byron young and shaquille barrett are so similar from a traits point of view that they're actually the same height have nearly the same arm length have the exact same hand size, and Young is about 10 pounds lighter than Barrett was when they were both coming out of college. So essentially, if Byron Young is a Buccaneer, he would be a Shaq Barrett in development. Uh, As far as projecting that development, look, assistant manager straight out of high school, I mean, that shows some level of responsibility, the ability to handle responsibility at a young age, Uh, and you know he's coachable and can learn because look at the path that we just dialogued, that he went through junior college into the SEC. Uh, does really well for his first season even though he's not a full full-time starter and then becomes a full-time starter and does even better. Also, the year off from competitive competitive football, a lot of times some of these young guys entering the NFL, the problem they have is when they don't have trainers and nutritionists and everybody on campus just kind of 24/7 monitoring their bodies and monitoring their health, they tend to lose a little bit of discipline when it comes to that. Well, a year off, did not bother Byron Young. In fact, he came in, came into camp, came into the Tennessee Volunteers program and was even better than he was the last time they had seen him. So again, only got better in his second year on top of it. Certainly coachable, certainly a guy that can develop and is still honestly in the process of developing. So if he landed with the Buccaneers and say the third round and say he's an immediate backup, he's an immediate pass rush backup spot guy uh, if you need him. But If Bulls decided to roll out, say a speed formation, sometimes call them NASCAR formations, where you just want a lot of speed, a lot of fast guys on the line. He can line up on your weak side, put his hand in the dirt, be in front of Shaq Barrett, essentially, or side by side with Shaq Barrett, and help Shaq kind of get loose uh, with some blocks there and essentially force the offensive line to deal with a whole lot of speed rush in a, you know, probably like a third and 15, third and 16 uh, type of scenario while, oh, by the way, having the double team uh, Vita Vea, the best nose tackle in the game. So, Long term, with the right tutelage, he could become Barrett's replacement. I think in about three years. So, great question. Hopefully, that kind of answered everything. Uh, and again, I'm not an NFL scout, but that's what I see out of Byron Young uh, out of Tennessee if he were to become a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our next question comes from Kevin, who said, "I'm a little concerned with the Devin White situation. While he wants to, while, will he want to play for the 2023 Bucks this upcoming season? I know many NBA players when they request a trade, they refuse to play." at all till they are traded. I'm now worried uh, that this guy may do the same thing and intentionally sit out games till he gets moved. Do you see him doing this, Kevin? Uh, It's a relatively fair question, logical question. No, I do not, because the problem with Devin White, if he decides to hold out or or refuse to report, stuff like that, first of all, he gets fined. He starts losing some of his money, but also he doesn't accrue a year. If he were to hold out like the entire season, he wouldn't accrue a year of service, which means that fifth-year option that he's playing on this year would still be in place, and the Buccaneers would still have the rights to him here for this fifth year. So that's why Devin White basically can't uh, hold out and sit out the season and just let his deal expire because uh, it won't actually expire. But thanks for those questions, guys, to start off today's episode. Next, I'm going to polish off my medical degree. I don't have one, so I'm going to read an article written that was based off of somebody with a medical degree. That's coming up next on today's episode of Lockdown Bucks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, And we're going to do that. Thanks to our friends over at Ultimate Football GM. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. You've heard us talking about this game. And if you've ever thought you'd make a good GM, you got to give it a try because it's not as easy as you might think it is to create your dynasty. But when you play Ultimate Football GM, you get control of literally everything, the roster, the stadium, the facilities, the coaches, the doctors, the psychologists, the scouts, anything you can think of, you are in control of it to try to build your Ultimate Football GM Dynasty, you start with the worst team in football, you get the first round draft pick, you have your staff, you've got to make every important decision, and if you lose, it's all on you, and it's in a challenging and realistic game world that has a ton of fun. Ultimate Football GM is completely free and playable offline. Play you on the go as you want, when you want, wherever you want. Doesn't matter where you are, you can be a football general manager. Locked on Bucks listeners, you get a 100% free boost to your franchise when you use the promo code ON in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure you check it out today to download it. Go to ultimate-gm.com or look it up in your app store, ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate football GM starts your dynasty today.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.
0: Guys making locked on bucks first here, first view of the day. Every day's join Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, and other Locked On NFL experts on the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube page for live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will be going live for all of rounds one, two, and three. And then on Saturday, they'll get you caught up after each round is concluded. Join the draft dudes for the first round tonight, live on YouTube and on Locked On NFL Scouting page at 7:30. P.M. Eastern time. You might see Mr. James Yarcho Yarko uh, on that. You might see me on that, but I will be in Ashburn, Virginia, covering the commander's draft class. So uh, you're probably a little less interested in that conversation. Um, our next question for our pre-NFL draft mailback comes from Richard, who says, I have a concern regarding Ryan Jensen. My concern is more of his longevity health with the Bucks. In the last game of the regular season, he finally revealed that he tore his ACL and did not opt for surgery. I myself Tore my ACL not just once, but twice in the same knee. Richard, my condolences. I'm no doctor, but I've been told that surgery is the only way to repair the ACL because it does not regenerate or repair on its own. That being said, he's continuing to play with that torn ACL. That means uh, his knee is very vulnerable, and it prevents or minimizes lateral movements. Am I wrong, or maybe did he get surgery? If not, how is this not a concern? I get that the team doesn't seem concerned, so neither should the fans be. This has been in the back of my head now for almost four months. Maybe it's my ACL PTSD kicking in. Hope to hear from you guys. Thanks for providing good bucks content day in, day out. Richard, I appreciate you for the uh, concern. Appreciate you for the question. Uh, Ryan Jensen has done some interviews about this, and uh, I pulled a lot of this information from an interview that he did and for an article that was written uh, by The Athletic. Back in February, and essentially, here's kind of how this whole thing boils down, right? And again, I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you why the science works or how the science works. This is just basically the information uh, that is out there. In that training camp injury, Jensen tore his ACL, his PCL, his MCL, his lateral meniscus tore and flipped, which I didn't even know that could happen. And he suffered a tibial head fracture and a cartilage fracture in his knee. That's seven major injuries. All in one fail swoop. All right. So a lot of doctors, obviously, in the immediate aftermath recommended surgery and really surgeries, right? Multiple surgeries, probably. But because of a procedure that Ryan Jensen's own agent, Mike McCartney, had received for back issues, which I can I can uh, 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 sympathize with. Jensen ended up seeing two other doctors who believe that stem cell treatment would be the best for him to initially start regenerative healing. The idea, from what I read, behind the stem cell treatment is that it would accelerate his healing and strengthen Jensen's ligaments. Essentially, the stem cells would get to work on the inside, start repairing all the stuff that it can repair, strengthen things around it so that all the other things have a better platform upon which to heal from. Now, that result was after about a month of sitting in a hotel room, uh, he said he gained about 12 pounds, really couldn't move. Uh, His knee ended up being 60% more stable than it was in the immediate aftermath of the injuries. And that's just with stem cell treatment uh, and his leg being in a cast for, uh, from what I could tell for about a month. And once the swelling went down enough to get an accurate look at his ACL, they actually found that while his ACL had a tear in it, it wasn't completely torn. So it wasn't ripped through detached. It had a tear in it. And according to the article is described as a slight tear, which uh, to me, any tear of an ACL is terrible. I don't care. You know what I mean? Slight or completely. I'm sure uh, obviously that that is worse, but apparently That fact, the fact that it was torn, not detached, like it had a tear in it, not torn, maybe ripped, not torn is a better way of saying it, led to his ability to avoid uh, surgery. Now, in November, Jensen got another stem cell treatment, and Jensen started noticing, uh, he said, strange feelings in his knee, but not also that, also other areas that he had suffered injuries in in the past, like one of his elbows, Uh, and he was able to just keep passing these landmark tests, getting healthier and healthier without surgery. He did some drills one day. Uh, he recalls in the, in the article and was told, hey, you know, there's going to be swelling, there's going to be pain. And apparently there was very minimal, if not no uh, swelling uh, at all. So in this interview, Jensen actually revealed, though, he still wasn't supposed to play last season. Right. And the original plan that he apparently kind of hatched with Ryan Griffin's help was to come off of the IR would become designated to return more as a symbolic gesture to try and motivate the team uh, as they got into the final stretch towards the season. And his playing against the Dallas Cowboys really wasn't supposed to be a thing. But uh, after talking with his trainer, with doctors, with the team, Jason Light, Tom Brady, yada, yada, essentially, obviously, they decided that he would actually go out there, return, and play, which he did. Um, so essentially, from what I understand, the doctors basically combine trad- traditional uh, treatments like you know rest and time and uh, physical therapy, but also these stem cells, which is regenerative medicine, uh, that is kind of out there and, and growing uh, involving the stem cells. And the result was Jensen playing football in less than 180 days after suffering seven in knee injuries and in one. That's less than six months uh, after. And, and a torn ACL by itself, and granted, this isn't a full tear, but torn ACLs themselves, usually you're looking at nine to 11 months. Uh, in the case of Chase Young of the Washington Commanders, it took like 15 months for him to get back on the field. So now. From the way that this whole thing read, if he did suffer a fully torn ACL, it sounds like he would have had to have surgery. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of a a foregone conclusion. But that's the basics of it. Again, the article uh, was written for The Athletic by Dan Pompey uh, of The Athletic. If you want to read the full thing, it's very long, very extensive. A lot of information in there. It's very good. Um, Again, I'm not a doctor, so I just have to take this all at face value. I don't know the legitimacy of any of it. But Ryan Jensen uh, would probably tell you that it works pretty well. Um, The link to the article is in the show description of this show. So great question. Uh again, if I was smarter, I could tell you more in depth on it, but that's essentially what information is out there. Uh so I'm just taking it, repackaging it here, uh giving you guys kind of the uh, the footnotes there. So, moving to our mock drafts. We got a couple more mock drafts to get into before the real thing hits and we're going to start with our guy Tom who comes in and uh his mock draft starts off with a trade. He trades number 19 to Arizona and in exchange gets 34, 66, and 96. So two years in a row, we see the Buccaneers trade out of the first round, but with a number 34 overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' first selection of the 2023 NFL draft comes on Friday night, not Thursday night, ripped to everybody who stayed up. Offensive tackle DeWan Jones out of Ohio State. They come back at number 50, and they get linebacker Trenton Simpson out of Clemson, to try to come in and be that future heir apparent to either Levante David or Devin White's throne. Then we have number 66, edge rusher Derek Hall out of Auburn, your stand-up outside linebacker of the future. And then we have a second trade with the Buccaneers moving to pick number 88 to get safety Sidney Brown out of Illinois. James Yarko will be very happy for that. Number 96, they come back and they get Jartavius Martin, who is listed as a safety on Tom's mock draft, but he is a cornerback out of Illinois. Uh, That's what he will be in Todd Bowles' defense anyway. Number 127, we get linebacker DeMarvy and out of Texas. And then we have a third trade. And they get picks number 153 and 196 go to Las Vegas, rather. And the Buccaneers get pick number 141. And at 141, they take edge rusher Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. 175, Keaton Mitchell, the Swiss Army Knife out of East Carolina, comes in. Then we finish this thing off with a defensive lineman, tight end Josh Wiley out of Cincinnati and a wide receiver so very solid class there i like the talent i like some of the trades here uh very interesting i don't think many people would like the bucks trading out of the first round if you can trade out of the first round and get a beast like dewan jones that is not a bad get at all one more mock draft before we wrap up this final episode prior to the actual nfl draft happening that's coming up here on today's episode of locked on bucks and today's episode of Locked on Bucks is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and the calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built, you got to try this. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. They taste so amazing, you're not even going to realize it's good for you. They're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. These bars taste like candy bars while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and they pack 17 grams of protein, You can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while your specialty flavors can be found at Built.com. Head to Walmart, get yourself a cookies and cream bar, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff bar. Or if you're near Sam's Club, grab a 13-bar box of the hit flavors like brownie batter puff and churro puff. Or you can head to Built.com and check out the new peanut butter puff and cookies and cream puff while supplies last. We're going to do all three and just get all of them. They're delicious. You're not going to regret it. That's built.com, built different. You got to try this.
1: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
0: We usually challenge to Buckner fans to come up with creative mock drafts and you guys did not. Disappoint, And uh, we got a really good one that we just went through. Now we got another one. This one's from SaltyBuck91 on Twitter, who starts off the madness by trading Devin White, the linebacker, Devin White, uh, and pick number 19 in the 2023 first round to, oh, and a 2024 second rounder, sorry, to the Tennessee Titans for pick number 11. So that's Devin White, pick 19, and a 2024 second round pick to the Tennessee Titans for the 11th overall pick a 2024 third and a 2025 fifth. So some future capital uh, gained in that one. And uh, one future capital pick sent back as well. Uh, Then he flips pick number 11. So we trade up to 11, but we don't pick at number 11. Instead, we trade 11 to Washington along with pick 153, four picks, picks, 1697, which is a third round pick and 118, which is a fourth round pick, 150th, 150, which is a fifth round pick and a 2024 third round pick. That's a lot of picks. With pick 16 now, Salty Buck 91 takes Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of Ohio State. That is a lot of trades. And I will tell you, Salty Buck 91, I don't know what I did to you, but I apologize because if this actually came to fruition, this would mean that Washington would pick at 11, they would pick at 47. And then there would be about 150 or so picks before the Washington commanders came back on the clock. And I would be sitting in Ashburn watching every pick tick away before the commanders came back on the clock. So I don't know what I did to you, but I apologize. Please don't do this to me, but I like the Paris Johnson jr. Edition for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to give me a lot of pleasure to talk about and give James Yarko a lot of pain to praise when he does day two. He gets linebacker Jack Campbell from Iowa at pick number 44, which is part of uh, a deal acquired from Tennessee for picks 51 75, a 2024 fifth, and a 2025 fifth. So, more trade madness happening. Then at number 82, we get Jordan Battle, the safety out of Alabama. And at pick uh, 97, he takes defensive lineman Kobe Turner from Wake Forest, which I just realized that I left off the slide. My apologies to Kobe Turner. That is one heck of a day, too. And I'll tell you what, if if the Buccaneers pull all that stuff off in day one and day two, it's going to be really, really hard to keep track of all that. But essentially, we get Paris Johnson Jr., so we get our opposite tackle to start uh, opposite of Tristan Wirfs. We get linebacker Jack Campbell to come in and be the heir apparent to Levante David or Devin White or both. Uh, We get a safety and Jordan Battle to come in there and help out those guys, maybe some nickel ability. And we also get a defensive lineman in Kobe Turner, uh, to come help out the cause. Day three gets uh, doesn't get as exciting, not as many trades, but still very productive. Running back Chase Brown out of Illinois uh, comes to the squad. That's a very good compliment for Rashad White, uh, better than Keyshawn Vaughn, probably better than Chase Edmonds. Number 150, we get edge rusher Viliama, uh, Viliami Fajoko out of San Jose State, which i really uh, a big fan of. Sixth round, we get quarterback Clayton Toon, cornerback Anthony Johnson, and tight end Payne Durham. Probably a little bit later for the tight end that i would uh prefer but adding a tight end to the room is still solid either way and then clayton tune one of the better scores i think 82 or 84 uh, on the s2 aptitude test uh, which is a very good score in relation to uh, i don't know people like cj Stroud. and then we get a center brett nealon usc always good to add offensive line so a lot to keep up with there kind of hard to keep up with all the trades i can't even sit here and really summarize all the trades That happened, but uh, good job, salty buck 91. We said get creative, you got creative, so hat tip to you. And you got a lot of solid players, filled a lot of needs for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But that is our final mock, and it is our final mock. It is the final mock draft, guys. Next time locked on bucks hits the airwaves, it will be to react to hopefully a first round pick, might be a first round trade out of the first round. Regardless, whatever happens on day one, Thursday night at the NFL Draft, James Jarko will be back here, and he will appreciate you making him your first listen or your first view of the day, just like we always appreciate you making this show your first view or listen every day. Speaking of our everydays, if you want to join in on that conversation, drop your comments on YouTube when the pick happens. Hit us up an email, podcast at gmail.com, when the pick happens, or on the Twitter DMs, in the Twitter DMs, however you want to say it, at Locked on Bucks. Do it when the pick comes in. Do it when the trade comes in. Do it whenever you feel like it. And James Jarko will get as many of you on the air, I'm sure, as he possibly can. Although he is going to be live, so cut him some slack. You can't get a lot of comments on there for James Jarko. I'm David Harris. Until we speak again, make sure you're checking out everything happening at BucksNation.com and at BucksGameDay.com. If you're out about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Fire the cannons, and we thank you for joining us right here for today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Hey, Prime members.